Welcome to Let's Talk Transportation, a podcast series of the Broward Metropolitan Planning Organization, also known as the MPF. We talk about the ins and outs of transportation in Broward County and all of Southeast Florida, why it matters, how it works, and the challenges and opportunities related to achieving great transportation. I'm your host, Greg Stewart, Executive Director of the MPF. Hello, Mayor. Thank you for joining us today. It's really to be here. Thank you. Great. Great to see you again. And you're one of the most active members on our MPO board. So it's always good to actually check in with you and see what's going on in the lovely city of Fort Lauderdale. You want to tell us a little bit about where you see the vision of Fort Lauderdale headed? Fort Lauderdale, like many Florida cities, are um, embracing growth. Um, People are coming to Florida, a thousand people a day. Uh, it's an amazing uh, time in our in our in our life that uh, that Florida and in particular Fort Lauderdale is seeing a significant amount of influx of new population, people interested in in uh, making the Florida experience their own. And uh, but with that comes challenges for municipal governments. Um, while we were always you know anticipating growth, we certainly never anticipated the the rate of growth as we're now seeing here since post uh, COVID uh, has now has come upon us. So, so where are we going with that? Um, so as a municipality, we have to build infrastructure, um, infrastructure above ground, infrastructure below ground. And that's our responsibility to make sure that as we do grow, as more and more housing units are built, and as more and more people move into our city, that um, we can anticipate the type of growth and to make it a, a viable, sustainable city as a result. Um, I heard in the news this morning where a city somewhere in the, in the US uh, has had to shut down its water treatment plant because it failed. Uh, we can't have that. Um, uh, we had a bad experience a few years ago where a contractor cut into our main water pipe into the city and shut down the entire city for 24 hours. Uh, that was a disaster. Um, and, you know, imagine a water treatment plant failing. You know, that's a long-term uh, consequence. So Fort Lauderdale has been, uh, in the last five years, uh, has been on a fast-forward campaign to uh, make up for lost time. Our underground infrastructure program is moving ahead aggressively. We're replacing main sewer pipes, uh, water pipes, uh, infill and infiltration system has been uh, uh, has been addressed. Where we're trying to uh, line uh, old pipes with uh, new liners to to prevent the uh, the infiltration of water, especially rising sea levels, uh, the saltwater intrusion that would uh, putrefy our our uh, drinking water so we um, we are certainly aggressively uh, spending a lot of time a lot of money but uh, we're certainly investing in the future. We're also uh, spending money on stormwater uh, mitigation. Uh, a lot of our neighbors uh, suffer from flooding whenever there's a high tide or, or a lot of uh, rain. <clears throat> so we, we are aggressively working towards a stormwater mitigation project. It's a long-term project, but, um, but we've identified multiple neighborhoods that have suffered from flooding for many, many years. And, uh, um, and so that's basically uh, um, you know, the below ground stuff, the above ground stuff, um, the city of Fort Lauderdale recognizes that, you know, with more people come more cars. So how do we, how do we address, uh, traffic patterns? Um, 
you know, we, we see basically two traffic patterns. One, there's local traffic and then there's commuter traffic. Um, the commuter traffic, people who come from the suburbs who work in the city on a day-by-day basis, we have to partner with the county and other agencies, the state as well, to figure out um, um, to figure out a way out of uh, trying the, the the streets that are gonna, that are really clogged day in and day out uh, with commuter traffic. The county has talked about commuter rail uh, east west, and there's also a talk about commuter rail north south. Um, we're excited about the commuter rail system north south because um, it takes advantage of existing tracks, and uh, there's very little uh, new infrastructure that needs to be built. Except when it comes to Fort Lauderdale, there's there's the quagmire that we find ourselves in with with the marine industry, um, uh, a multi-billion dollar industry up, up river from the New River. And uh, there's a big concern that they'll be choked off uh, by the, the increased number of trains that are going to cross over the river uh, during the course of a day, and it would impede the flow of traffic and thus put a damper on their industry. So... Um, uh, smart-minded people have uh, come up with a lot of different ideas, and uh, but Fort Lauderdale has unanimously supported a tunnel through the city. Um, not only will this avert the the problem for the marine industry, but it will also avert a lot of the east-west traffic congestion that we now suffer on Broward Boulevard as well as Sunrise and even Davy Boulevard. So as more and more um, uh, cars uh, appear on our roads and as more and more trains uh, through the commuter rail service um, appear on our tracks, uh, the intersection could only prove to be a disaster unless we plan ahead of time. And um, uh, the city of Fort Lauderdale strongly believes that a tunnel through the city, uh, avoiding all those east-west arteries, um, is the is the only solution. So we're working with the county and the state to try to, and the federal government to try to come up with um, um, funding sources as well as a methodology in that direction. Um, so when you're talking um, the tunnel um, and 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 bringing the north south commuter rail into a tunnel. Th- from the New River, um, you're looking at Broward Boulevard. You're looking at Sunrise Boulevard. Are you mostly the east-west that right? Davy Boulevard, yeah. Davie mostly Boulevard. the the east-west, the that most heavily traveled east-west uh, traffic corridors that we see in our city. Because that's a lot of the, um, you know, your city doubles in population during the day, uh, with the folks coming in from from those western suburbs, and you know that actually that kind of relief that would be provided by that would be phenomenal. Now you're not going to get a lot of freight train off the surface, but we only have two or three that are going through the city to begin with. That's an exciting... Uh, it's an exciting uh, proposition, and it w- it's, it's transformational. It's a it's a project of regional significance, impacts not just Fort Lauderdale, but uh, it will impact traffic patterns on the on the rail on the rail system um, from one end of the system to the other uh, we're we're agreeing to go ahead with uh, doing doing the coastal link uh, in in sections um, just this past week the city of Fort Lauderdale agreed to allow the uh, the southern section uh, just south of the new river to go forward um, uh, and of course the northern section as well uh, but we don't want anyone to lose sight of the fact that the only solution through the through the city of Fort Lauderdale is a tunnel system, and um, and we we you know we continue to uh, to find other solutions too. For example, uh, you know the the downtown commuter traffic. For example, um, you know how do we minimize that? So 
that's all about city planning, you know? Yes, exactly. Getting people out of their cars. Um, uh, I was at a seminar yesterday in which we talked about this, how how sustainable downtowns will only have uh, will only have a long life if you provide the walkable amenities. You go to the grocery store, go to the your hair salon, your pets pet uh, uh, supply store, any place you need to go to within walking distance. If you don't do that, people are going to get in their cars and that adds another another car trip to a road that's already congested. So, um, well, Sunrise Boulevard. Uh, you can sit on Sunrise Boulevard for 30, 40 minutes sometimes trying to get from uh, the Gateway Theater all the way to Sears To 95. And, 95 well. and and the thing is that a lot more development is planned for that corridor. And uh, so it's not going to get any better. Right. Um, so There's not a lot of solution for that either. Because the only solution is creating neighborhoods, creating co- small pocket communities where people who live in a building will be able to go down the elevator and within five minutes or so be able to walk to whatever they need to. Well, you've, I think how many units have you added in downtown? Um, I've lost count. Yeah, I was honestly, to... but it's, it, it continues to evolve. Uh, hundreds, hundreds of new units are going to be built yeah. in 2023. Uh, we'll, we'll see uh, several more new buildings uh, completed 2024, 25. Uh, they're already approved. They're already in our planning department. I, well, what I find fascinating about it, I live, you know, um, 12 blocks from the center of the city. And I've been watching the development come in, and yet I haven't seen new traffic. I've seen existing traffic. I mean, the traffic on Sunrise Boulevard is folks coming from where I used to live into the city or from the northern suburbs. And yet I haven't seen the downtown traffic get to the point where it's unmanageable. If you take 3rd or Andrews, it's, you know, a couple traffic lights and that's about it. Well, you and I can say that, uh, <laughs> but there are people who, who, you know, if they have to wait uh, more than, you know, one light change, they feel that they're, you know, that Armageddon has set upon Fort Lauderdale. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's amazing the comments we get from people, but we really don't have, you know, significant traffic. Other cities like Manhattan and, and Los Angeles and C- Seattle and Chicago, where it's virtually impossible to get around in a car. And, um, uh, and we never want to get to that point. So that's why we have to plan from now and make the right choices and try to find the funding and, you know, make Fort Lauderdale, you know, the city of the 21st century. And actually, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Broward County, we're actually moving forward the, at the MPO with all the cities in the county on that Safe Streets for All grant. And it's not necessarily a sidewalk bicycle lane program. It's actually about signal timing and it's about crash. I've been hearing about signal timing for 20 years. <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> when is it going to happen? Um, it's been funded. It's been the capital improvements have been made. When are you going to flip the switch? Well, I mean, and this goes to, I mean, we've been working with uh, county's traffic engineering folks and that's actually, that's exciting news too because they do have ideas and concepts um, and I think you're going to start seeing that roll out. It's not sexy. It's like the underground stuff that you're doing in the city. Right. But people people ask for it all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. And that's why we're excited about going after this. Five, we're going to ask for, a, the grant itself is going to be at six million. The county is going to put in a million and a half mm-hmm. or a million and a quarter to match. But that's significant. And then if we kind of come up with an 
artificial intelligence to actually handle road capacity issues like you're saying you know you might have a you know issue with traffic on one of the particular boulevards and then you kind of open up the alternative boulevards to mm-hmm. allow people to get through mm-hmm. the downtown traffic or congestion period um, that's part and parcel of what that grant will actually do well the thing is that um, you know uh, smart traffic signaling is uh, really important you know you're it's it could be sometimes 11 o'clock at night you're coming home from someplace it could be a bar or a meeting or at some place and you're sitting at an intersection and the and the and the light just sits there red and there are no cars from any other direction being there you know um, inter- so traffic signalization can be made to be smart and um, and so uh, but I've been hearing from the county that you know oh, we're gonna get all this we have we have the sensors built in we have the the wires put in the roads and all that but nothing ever seems to finish no jobs get completed and so you know hopefully in the next 24 months we'll be able to see the implementation of that program I think you will I mean I think you know that that's kind of one of those exciting challenges that we have the other thing I wanted to I kind of ask you about too is we had been talking you and I had talked even before you got elected as mayor um, of actually looking at one-way pairing Andrews and third and trying to work with the business community um, years ago uh, before the tunnel before the Kenny tunnel um, both Andrews and third were one-way pair and when the Kenny tunnel was built um, they actually went to two-way as a traffic mitigation and then they never went back so one of the things that I've always thought is if we can kind of get that back to historic design uh, the way the city because that's why the city was designed the way it is and has the streets the grid system that it has what would you think if they actually create an exit from 595 onto Andrews down by the airport and allow the folks to flow north from the west and if we did that it would it would help us1 mm-hmm. because us1 is the only road right now where 595 empties onto so uh, to add an, an additional exit would be would be great because i think andrews can handle it and um, and i think that i think returning to the one-way pairing is a a major step forward when the city commission um, decided not to go forward with the wave streetcar it didn't mean that we still didn't have a traffic uh, challenge we still did but we just decided that the wave streetcar was not the way to to deal with it the way to deal with it is to return those streets third and andrews to the one-way direction and to dedicate a lane for a either an, an autonomous vehicle or a or some kind of, of um, multi multi passenger vehicle um, where they have that dedicated lane they're not going to be frustrated by the other traffic and they can keep a, a regular schedule and they can handle the the type of um, passenger load that's necessary in order to to keep people within the neighborhood. You know, let's say a person lives there and they want to go shopping. You know, just hop on, hop off. You know, make it very very simple for them, um, and still allow enough. Uh, enough there to be enough lanes for vehicular traffic to to be accommodated and also to create a little wider ribbon around that area for more landscaping for 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 you know shade trees for people to want to walk you know um, the building the, the building codes of the past, um, for whatever reason, um, allowed buildings to you know to be built right up to the edge of the property line, leaving very very little um, um, 
sidewalk space. Sidewalk, uh, sidewalk and landscape um, areas. And, and I never understood why that was the case. We've changed that law, and we have now widened the landscape area so that, so that, uh, so that um, shade trees can grow and, and be planted. And now that's the rule. So, um, so in the meantime, you know, we have new construction happening and, and we're excited about, you know, where this, that, the Flagler Village area is, is going. Um, we met with some folks uh, um, yesterday who are very excited about it, continued investment in Flagler Village. Um, and, uh, um, in fact, uh, this week we'll be hosting uh, a group. Uh, some of the developers from Wynwood are coming up to Fort Lauderdale. Perfect. And, and looking to, and scouting around and saying, hey, how can we, how can we add to what's or the success that's already taking place i wanted to ask you another question and this is me being a resident we have you know we saw the success of fat village and now that's actually going through its second generation of redevelopment um, which is a wonderful thing and then you had the mass district that grew over there by sears town uh, glitch there's a bar there that uh, they have video games i actually like going there believe it or not <laughs> And, uh, you throw axes also. <laughs> oh, I've been, yes, I have been. It's, it's a very great way to get I frustration out. myself there. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is good for frustration. Yeah. Let me share with you. Um, that, you know, that said, where do you, does the city actively work with that uh, with that particular part of uh, our, our business community so that way they can go to the next place you know find their where they can relocate to and um, you know as development comes in well the city is always looking to partner with you know private enterprise when it can and uh uh, we certainly have changed our zoning to to make uh, neighborhoods more inviting and uh, and with that particular area you're talking about the mass yeah. district um, you know that was very organic that was done by individuals who who saw a, a, a place where um, you know some sort of funky environment can be you know can be established there's there's some warehouses there you know some people people keep comparing Winwood to Flagler village and and vice versa and you really can't because Flagler Village never had warehouses exactly. very few were there um, Wynwood was all about you know, a, a whole uh, quarter uh, of the of the city was warehouses, and um, and so when um, when uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Goodman came into uh, uh, into the area, he saw all these you know brick walls and said, "Hey, I'm going to paint all these and, and create a district," and uh, um, and and that's great, but that kind of infrastructure doesn't exist in Fort Lauderdale, so we had to take it from a different perspective, and what you're seeing now are developers who are trying to recreate that with new construction um, the the fat village development which is soon to break ground um, is two blocks of of a mixed use both uh, residential uh, office as well as retail and it'll be a, a self-contained entertainment district as well as a working environment um, there'll be a tremendous amount of space for retail and uh, and not just bars and restaurants you know I was telling somebody um, the other day I said you know um, people don't just exist in bars and restaurants they need yes. they need to buy a quarter milk you know <laughs> and and so uh, and, and so and a loaf of bread every week. yeah exactly maybe some cheese <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so you know, those types of things have to be thought through, and 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 uh, uh, and those are those are the elements, the 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 ingredients that create a sustainable 
urban core. And, and that's what we're looking to create. I'm really excited to have you here today. Thank you for coming in. We really appreciate it. I'm excited to hear all the wonderful ideas and things that are happening in the city. I'm going to ask, ask you to come back. Maybe next year we'll have a conversation about where the development side is on this and even where the transportation side is. So because they tie together your infrastructure, the stuff that isn't sexy, that's underground, it's all part and parcel of what Absolutely. makes a great community. Absolutely. And, uh, and they all, they tie it in together and they have to work in synchronization. Otherwise, it'll all fall apart. We don't want that to happen. No, no we definitely don't. Yeah. Mayor, thank you for your diligence and great no, vision. Thank you. Thank we look you. forward to having you back. Thank you, Greg. The Let's Talk Transportation podcast is produced by the Broward MPO, where every day we fund and implement projects that move people and goods, create jobs, and strengthen communities. Learn more at BrowardMPO.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Speak Up Broward. If there is a transportation topic you'd like to know more about, let us know by sending an email to info at BrowardMPO.org. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance in the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by MPO employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of the MPO or any of its officials. For complaints, questions, or concerns about civil rights or non-discrimination, or for special requests under the Americans with Disabilities Act, please contact Contact Carl Ema, Title VI Coordinator at 954-876-0052 or emac at BrowardMPO.org.